Today's scripture comes from Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. Genesis 2, 16 through 20. Hear now the inspired words of God. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I was at a Bible study all the way back in college that I'll never forget because we would go around the circle and we would talk about where we had seen God at work that week or that day. And a friend of mine who was known for her wild and crazy socks said, oh, today God made me pick a certain pair of socks and it has had amazing results in my life. And she went on to say that she had chosen some Dr. Pepper socks that day. It had been a hard choice, but she put them on and um, I don't even know if it was hard, but she had chosen those. And she went to lunch that day. And while she was standing in line at the cafeteria, it was college, there was a guy behind her who said, do you like Dr. Pepper? So they started talking and it turns out that his dad worked for the Dr. Pepper bottling company. And they kept talking through the line. And then he said, would you like to sit with me at lunch? And so she sat with him at lunch, and he had gotten her number. She showed it to us. And she said, God knew which socks I needed to wear today and made me choose these. (laughs) My friend with the socks is expressing a view theologians call determinism. Okay, what that means is that Not only if you're a determinist, so if you're a Presbyterian or if you're part of the Reformed Church or a couple of others, then you would think that not only does God know everything that will happen, but God actually works through us to make us choose a certain way. The socks come from on high, okay? If you are a believer in Arminianism, that's the theological word, or in everyday language, free will, like Methodists, like Catholics and most Baptists and some others, then you would say, okay, well, God has really given humanity, us, the power to really choose. And sometimes that means that we make amazing choices that honor God. But on the other hand, that can also mean that we ourselves are free to choose to completely walk away from God, to do great evil, to choose the exact wrong path. And that that's really something that God has allowed us to do. That gets down to the question of who is responsible for this travesty this morning. Is this the hand of God, right? Or was this me that picked these loud socks? And the reason that I'm talking about this is because when you gave me your most frequently asked questions, your most frequently avoided questions, the things that keep you up at night, the things that you don't have a good, easy answer for, the things that are doubts in your mind, are hurting. Over and over again as I read the questions, 
I heard the question between fate and free will. Maybe not in those words. None of you said, hey, can you tell me about determinism and Arminianism? That is a burning question for me. But you were asking it. And what I found is that this question is behind many, and I'll read a few to you, that I hear this question being asked. Not only the ones I'm going to read, but when we get to next week and talk about why bad things happen to good people, which is by far what you ask the most, you're going to need to know the answer to this question about our free will, about is it set, is it determined, or has God allowed us to choose for good or for evil? And so some of the questions that you are asking, like, for example, I could say, okay, well, faint free will, let's, let's get really into the nitty-gritty theological things. You could all fall asleep. And I talked to you about the Calvinistic tulip. Wouldn't that be exciting? Total depravity, unconditional. Wouldn't that be fun, right? But what, what I find is you don't care about that stuff. What you care about is where the rubber meets the road of free will. And so I got questions like this. How do I know if I'm doing what God has planned for me? Why does God allow children to be abused? Does God harden the hearts of some people? Why does God let us do bad things to each other? Okay, and on and on and on. Questions that go back to this foundational question about are we choosing and therefore responsible for some of this? Or do we need to take all of this back to God and say, why did you do this? Now, before we get too far down this path, I want to tell you that what I told you from last week, thinking people disagree, okay? And as far as I can tell, this is not going to affect our salvation. So Methodists come down on the free will side of things. But if you want to be a Methodist that is fate determinism, that's okay, okay? We will all one day stand before Jesus, and I doubt very much that Jesus will say, good job on loving each other and seeking justice and mercy. You were asking for forgiveness. You were serving the least, but man, you really screwed it up on fate or free will. You chose wrong, and see you later, right? This is not going to affect our eternal salvation, so it's okay to disagree. My dear friend Esther Choi is a pastor in the Presbyterian Church, and she and I are on exact opposite sides of this. She is one of the best pastors I know, okay? We disagree. So it's okay if we disagree on this. But I'm going to tell you why I think the way I do with free will and why I think that helps us understand the answer to a lot of these really difficult questions. Now, the reason people see this differently is because if you look in the Bible, you can find a verse here, a verse there, a verse here, a verse there that are on both sides of this. In fact, maybe in your studies you come across some of these and you think, hmm, how do I make sense of that? Well, when you have single Bible verses that seem to be telling you two different things, then the thing that you need to do is back up and look at the context. Read everything around it. Read the whole book and fit it in there and say, okay, how does this verse fit in the whole picture of what this book is saying? And then what I'd say is back up even further and say, okay, how does this one verse or this one verse fit into the whole story of what God is telling me throughout the Bible? And when we back up and we look at the whole story, I see a very clear picture of free will, of God really giving us 
the power to choose. And that that means sometimes we choose very well and our choices bring life and sometimes we choose knowingly or unknowingly very poorly and we cause harm. Okay, so we're going to talk about that today, about that picture. Now, before we do, if I say, okay, well, we come down on the side of free will, there are limits, right? I, can I choose how tall I'm going to be? No. Much to my children's chagrin, they cannot choose how tall they are going to be. It's just that way. Can you ever choose? I opt out of the flu season this year, right? I opt out or the cold. I don't want to get that. We can't choose. We can't choose to not lose our job or to not suffer a loss or to get bad medical news. We can't choose that. What we're talking about here is when we say we believe in free will is that in every circumstance of life, the things that we can't control that happen to us, the bad choices of other people, we always get to choose our response. That is something no one can ever take away from you. No matter how dark it gets, no, no matter how bad it seems, God has always given you the power to choose how you will respond. And I see that in large and small ways, but one of the ways is this. There have been people I've known who have experienced a great loss, a spouse or a child. And in that time of great grief, have said, I cannot understand how God could do this to me. And they have walked away from faith because of that deep pain. And you might know some people like that. A huge loss. And they walk away. And sitting in this church today are people who have experienced a crushing loss. A child or a spouse or a parent. A baby. And they've made a different choice. They've said, God, I can't understand this. But I I have to have you to help me get through this. And so they've turned towards God and they've turned to this community and they're still here with us. So when I say we can't choose everything that happens to us, we can't choose a perfect life, but we can choose our responses, that's what I'm talking about. You're always free to choose your response. And I want to talk to you about how we see that testimony throughout Scripture, because I think that's really important. It goes all the way back to the beginning in the story of Genesis that Pastor D.G. read. And we see God creating us, right, in God's image, and giving us this gift, an amazing gift for God to bestow on us imperfect people, right, to say, you can really choose. And we see that first in, in what seems like a small thing, that the man or humanity, right, Adam standing in for the rest of us, gets to choose the names of the animals. So God forms all the animals and then brings them to Adam and says, what should the name be? Now, in the ancient Near East, this was huge because in the ancient Near East, names had power. They kind of set you on a path. And if you named someone, then that was an important role. And and some people even thought you had power over that person or thing. Um, Not only that, but can you imagine um, your baby? Your baby has just been born and you went up to someone and said, Howard, would you name my baby? I mean, which of us would do that, right? 
Here is God, though, with these new creatures saying to the man, what should this creature be called? Over and over, a partnership in creating and shaping and stewarding the world. And think about how important names are for God. Uh, Think about when people set their feet on God's path, don't they often get a new name? So Abram becomes Abraham, and Sari becomes Sarah, and Jacob becomes Israel, and then we come to the New Testament, and Simon becomes Peter, and Saul becomes Paul. So names are important. For God to share naming is important with humanity. It's showing that we have a real partnership, and the significance of the name that Adam gives to the animal carries on into the future. So these small choices, we have real power. The second place we see is larger choices, that God is really letting us choose. And this is when God says to, the peop- to Adam and Eve, this is all yours. And remember, at that time, the world was beautiful. It was perfect. There was no sin, no death, no thorns, no weeds, no tears. And God says, you take care of all of And one of the ways you do that is you stay away from that one tree over there. Don't eat it. It will kill you. Well, we all know the story. God leaves and the people think, well, I'm enchanted by that one thing that will kill me. And they go over and they eat. We're going to talk about this more next week. Because what we see is that this good world is broken by this sinful choice. They knew it was wrong. They did it anyway. Their relationship with each other is broken. They want to hide. Their relationship with God is broken. They're hiding behind bushes. And then the whole world shudders under the curse that they unleash upon it. So the good is corrupted. And now we live in a fallen world. We're going to talk about that more next week. But I want us to think about this choice, okay? God says no tells them why, then they go do it. Now, if you're a determinist, think this through with me. God not only knows that they're going to eat the fruit, but God, if you're a determinist, then makes them do it. What kind of a God tells you, stay away from that, it will bring destruction and then forces you to disobey. That's not my God. My God really trusted us with the small decisions and with the large decisions and likely knew that we really could choose poorly, not just once but over and over again and that that those bad choices would hurt other people, would damage our relationship with God, would hurt the world that God had created. And yet, gave us the power to choose so that we might also choose to love, choose to follow, choose to listen. It's a risk that God took. It's a risk that you take with your children when you love them. And ultimately, it's a risk that God knew he would suffer for so that he could buy us back, so that he could save us and redeem us from 
the bad choices we'd made, that God would suffer for us. Now, we see this not only in Genesis, but we see time and time again throughout the Bible, God calling us to really choose, okay? Moses stands with the Ten Commandments and says, look, you have a choice. It's the God who's rescued you or the idols from back in Egypt. Who do you choose? Who do you want? Joshua stands before the people at the end of his leadership, and many of us love this verse. He says, choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Right? We love that verse. The, the prophets throughout time are calling God's people. Repent when they, when they mess up. Turn around. You still have time to be saved. When we ask about, well, why does God let bad people go on? I can tell you, just look at the Bible. God always wants to give people chance and chance and chance to change, to make a different choice. And so we see the prophets calling the people, turn around. It's not too late. Repent and God will save you. But if you're a determinist, they're hollow. Because if you're a determinist, then God never was going to allow the people to change. It's an empty call into the wind. And as I look throughout the the story in the Bible and that true call that you're always hearing from God, I just know that it's free will. It is. It's terrifying. It's wonderful. But we really get to choose. And sometimes we do really well and sometimes we make a mess of it. And so what does this mean for us? Well, researchers say we have 35,000 choices every day. That's a lot. 35,000 choices. And I want you to see and think about that. Just think 35,000 as God's trusting of you. That's how much God trusts each of us. And within those choices, some of them are small like our socks. And some of them are great big. But in every day, we get to choose 35,000 times. And if we just put it on autopilot, we're just going to float, right? And we're not going to be moving towards God. Sometimes we'll do it right and sometimes not. But if we actually use and redeem these choices, then we're going to be setting our feet on God's path. And so think about it. There's small ways. Like your kids, if you have kids, they're probably going to mouth off to you today at some point. Mine will. I know it's coming. Um, You know, your spouse is probably going to do something to annoy you. It's probably going to happen. Or is going to just forget or neglect something. The the ones that you love, uh, maybe a parent, maybe a child, a grown child. You're probably, if you drive anywhere today, you're going to have some bozo who just totally cuts you off in traffic, right? Is texting while driving. Terrible choice. You're going to have some cashier who, even though you're being nice, is being rude. You're going to go to work, and there's going to be something completely unfair that happens. And you get the chance in those moments to say, am I just going to explode Or will I think, here is a place God is trusting me? And how could I use it to bring something beautiful into this world? 
because see, God has given us responsibility and caretaking for the people in our lives, for our neighborhoods, for our jobs, our friends. Those are, those are the spaces of our life that God said, I trust you with this. Do your choices honor God? And then the big times. When you hear you have to move. Or when you have a loss that feels like it's going to crush you. Then you remember, okay. Okay. Help me to choose. Choose to honor God. And somebody said, well, well, what about Pastor Laura? The times when a choice you don't think it's significant, but it really is like, like your friend with the socks, that turned out to be meaningful. Or, or like one time a guy said, I walked in to see you and I never do that. And why did I do that that day? And it actually turned out to be significant. We became friends from this one day, this one choice. I said, well, that's, to me, a culmination of all the choices that we're making every day to be closer to God. So choose every day that you're going to start your day talking to God. Y'all, it doesn't have to be complicated. You just, every day when I come into work now, I will say, Lord, I am beginning my work in your fields. And please bless my hands today. Please bless my words. Please be with me as I interact with your people. Amen, amen, amen. At the end of the day, before I go home, leave the office, or if I'm out visiting hospitals or whatever, I say, Lord, I'm, I'm finishing my work for the day. And I pray that you would bring a good harvest today in people's lives. Amen. You could, you could begin the day. Lord, I'm beginning the day today. I'm going to school. I'm going to work. I'm going to go volunteer in the community. Will you be with me? And help me to hear and help me to see and respond. Amen. I know at the end of the day, Lord, I'm closing my eyes. And I've done some things well, and I've messed up on others, and I pray you'd forgive me, but I pray you'd bring fruit from all the things I did well. Amen. You know, just set the tone of your life. Make those choices of reading the Bible and beginning in prayer and worship, right? Are there not a million choices you could have made today? Man, there was breakfast tacos calling and the lake, and you could have slept an extra hour, and you chose to be here. Good choice, right? Yes, let's worship together, and let's pray to our God. And when we mess up, because we will, let's know that we're saved, that bad choices aren't the final word, that we have redemption. But let's know that God has trusted us 35,000 times every day with our own free will. He's not making us choose right or wrong. We get to do that. What a gift. So does God choose your socks? No. That was my fault. Can God work through those choices? Yeah. Choices matter. Choose to listen and obey. Choose to do good. Choose to follow God. Let's pray. 
God, we lay before you 35,000 choices just for today. And we pray that you would be with us as we make them. What a sacred and amazing responsibility you've given us, trusted us with. Help us in our choices to honor you. Help us when we brush up against the painful choices of other people to not be tempted to walk that same path, but to have the courage to respond the way you would have us. Forgive us because we know that you already know we mess it up. Thank you for saving us. And may the choices we make today and this week and going forward really bring honor to you and bring goodness into this world.